Welcome to OOO, an out of ordinary podcast where we dig deep into case studies and the nitty gritty of Web3 marketing. You'll find here all the amazing people that are building Web3, so stick to us as we address their marketing secrets and learn how to build amazing products and brands. Hello everyone, I'm Alex, your fellow Web3 marketer and your host on Out of Ordinary Podcast. Let me introduce you to my guests. Felipe is the founder of Safe Yields and he has also co-founded the Centralized Foundation. He is an entrepreneur and crypto enthusiast, leading teams for over 10 years and is currently focusing on bringing the world a bit closer together through inclusion. The SafeHields protocol is your hedge with an edge on Arbitrum, while the Safe token is mathematically designed to sustain positive price action. On the other hand, we have today with us Jay. Jiraya is the founder of Tailored, a full-stack Web3 agency that delivers customized solutions for smart contract development, copywriting, design, and marketing, empowering protocols to reach their full potential. He has been around Web3 for a while, but let the two of them tell you their stories. Thank you for uh, doing this episode with me. This is the first time I'm uh, recording an episode with an agency and a client at the same time. And I'm so excited to see uh, what kind of insights we're going to get out of this episode uh, to be able to share with our audience as well. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Um, let's, uh, let's uh, get right into it. Uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background and how you got into Web3? Yeah. Who wants to start? Sure. I'll go first. Um, so my name is Philippe. Uh, my background is actually culinary arts, which has nothing to do with Web3. Uh, but I realized very young that I basically didn't want to work for other companies or for someone else. So I started my own businesses, uh, in my early twenties. So that's like some, something around like 12 years, um, uh, by now. And, uh, well, I have my fair share of failures doing with real business as well. Um, I also realized, uh, in the process that businesses take a lot of your time, uh, even though they're yours and, uh, you get re- like the reward from having them is, is different, but I started looking in ways to have some passive income where you don't really have to invest your whole time in, in what you're doing. Uh, that's when I came into starting investing. Uh, initially, I got uh, into some pretty basic stuff, some, something like index funds and so on and so on. Then I found, I found crypto, I think it, around 2015 or 16. Um, I had my fair share of uh, ups and downs with crypto, I think, as everyone else in the space. Um, and then, yeah, we just got deep into it. And that's what led us to start our own protocol. What about you, what about you, Jiraiya? Yeah, so a brief intro, introduction about myself. Um, again, don't come from a traditional financial background or investment background. Uh, I actually did a degree in biology, studied at Imperial College London, uh, did biology and business management for around about four years. Uh, throughout that time, I picked up a bunch of skills on the side, like outside of university, outside of the curriculum. Um, did a lot of marketing um, and also did a lot of, uh, well, learned a lot about kind of forex trading. And then since then, I've been trading for around about six years, got, got involved in crypto around about 2017, 2018, um, just when, just kind of before like the last big bull run, basically when uh, Bitcoin hit 20K, right? Um, and then obviously, you know, crypto winter hit. And yeah, I've been kind of involved ever since then, um, got kind of working as kind of like an influencer on Twitter. And then over the last year, developed um, my, my, my profile, built out a pretty big community. 
and obviously started uh, Tailored, which is a full-stack Web3 agency that specializes in developing customized solutions for all protocols. So kind of you know, self-explanatory, right? Full-stack, meaning that you know, we can provide anything from development. You know, we've got a team of 50 engineers, some specialize in front-end, some specialize in back-end, some specialize in smart contract development. Uh, we've also got other pillars such as you know, content, mar- content creation, marketing strategy, branding and design, community management, each division with a technical lead on each front, right? Uh, with you know, people with you know, years of experience in their individual and respective fields uh, with several subcontractors underneath them. So uh, yeah, that's you know, a brief overview. We've been working with Felipe over the last couple of months now. Um, things are going very, very well. And yeah, I'm happy to be on this podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, um, to see that you guys are coming from at least you, Jiraiya, like as, a, as an agency, as part of an agency, you're coming, you have like a Web3 background because we were recently talking, I was talking to some friends and I was also listening, listening to a, a podcast of a friend of mine who was uh, really upset, let's say, about the fact that there are a lot of agencies out there with people that really don't understand anything about crypto or Web3 in general, which is very unfortunate, but I'm so excited that um, and to see that um, there are exceptions there. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of noticed that that was one of the problems as well. We've worked with a couple of clients that onboarded you know, different, various different agencies and they weren't really kind of native to DeFi. So, you know, their strategies were a little bit more accustomed towards Web2 marketing. And in a traditional world, in a traditional businesses, their strategies would have probably worked very, very well. But when it comes to Web3, you know, the, the culture is obviously a little bit different and there needs to be that level of adaptation. Felipe, can you tell us a bit about what is Safeyards? Well, Yields, I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, Safeyards. So Safefields uh, is uh, a hedge on uh, the Arbitrum blockchain. Uh, so we want to actually uh, control a bit of the market volatility for our investors. It's way more conservative than your normal protocol, but it's actually a lot more consistent and conservative on of what you get out there. So we're building an ecosystem around the Safe token, and uh, Safe is. Uh, was built in a way, it's very similar to a stablecoin, the architect, the tokenomic architecture. Uh, so there's no initial supply and it's completely collateralized by USDC. So every time you buy SAFE, SAFE is minted and it's exchanged for USDC as collateral that goes into the vault. And then every time you sell SAFE, it's traded by the USDC that's in the vault as collateral and uh, the SAFE you sold is burned. So there's no initial supply and the supply is elastic. In this way, <coughs> pardon. And uh, the the difference is every time there's a trade, either buys or sells, we charge a zero point twenty five percent tax, which is very very minimum. You don't even realize uh, that's happening. And uh, that tax goes directly to over collateralize the vault, which means every time safe traded, um, it goes up in price, either from buying or selling. All right. Uh, and we actually have the mathematics shown in our white paper uh, in detail. It kind of gets a little bit uh, more complex than this, but uh, it's it's worth the um, it's worth to check it out. So, but then we got to the question, which was, all right, so safe actually grows up in price from volume alone, but what about if there's no volume? So, what about if people just want to hold safe and having their wallet? So, if everyone decides to do that, there's no no price action for safe, right? 
So that's when we came with other solutions. In the first one was, okay, so what about if we directly, if we find some revenue streams uh, on protocol? So that's when we started started building the ecosystem. What about if we just inject directly and over collateralize the vault ourselves with USDC? So we, we came up with several products and the one that uh, it's actually uh, available right now is uh, we, we developed this uh, limited set of NFTs and those NFTs act as a share of the protocol, a direct share. So it's, it's exactly the same as you would be buying uh, any stock in the, in the, uh, in the normal market. Uh, the ones that uh, just uh, distribute dividends, right? The dividend stock. So you buy the NFT and we use the money to bootstrap a, a treasury. Then we invest that treasury in all sort of, sorts of uh, DeFi, different DeFi strategies and other services that we are used to do, such as uh, mining, uh, mining crypto. Uh, I have a, personally, I've been mining crypto for around four or five years now. And uh, we have a, a mining farm, which is just uploaded a video. Uh, about it, so we we are used to it. Uh, we also have partners that uh, develop trading bots for ourselves, either forex and crypto as well. So we'll just deploy the funds from our treasury with all these different uh, things that we are used to do, and fifty percent of all rewards just go directly to NFT holders as part of share of the protocol, and five percent is directly injected into the USDC vault. So safe grows regardless of volume, right? Uh, it doesn't depend solely on volume. And we, we're building other protocols, and I, and I, I guess we can get uh, deeper into it as we as we go through with with, uh, with the podcast. Uh, but we have other solutions that also bring more utility to save. Fair enough. Um, I really liked what you what you're saying, and I want to ask you something. How did you end up working with uh, tailored agency, and what made you trust them? Yeah, so uh, I kind of knew Jiraiya because he's sort of, not sort of, he's an influencer in the in the space, right? Uh, he's a, the kind of influencer that actually just brings uh, actually actual good <laughs> and honest content. So he doesn't care about, I, I, that's at least the, the idea that I have. He doesn't care about the following that he has, but about just bringing honest and uh, good quality content to, to his users. So I already knew him, uh, and uh, I, ha- I actually helped co-founding another project with uh, my brother. Uh, it's called Decentralized Foundation, and uh, my brother al- already had the co- uh, direct contact with Jiraiya. Uh, he helped us a lot uh, back then, because uh, I guess that's how Jiraiya is. He just helps uh, people when he can, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, so the contact was kind of there. And I just asked him, uh, by the time I was looking for help with some um, crypto traders uh, to add to the protocol, save fields. And then we just kind of got talking. And that's when he he presented me, uh, introduced me to, to Tailored. And well, it was a really good fit from the beginning. Jiraiya, you took this as a challenge as the resources were limited, uh, and this is the case of many startups. And I would like to ask you, how did you distribute the resources and what were the first things you established in this process? Yeah, so the first thing that we established in this process was actually on a documentation level, right? Everything grows and fails based on, you know, the foundations, right? If you have strong foundations, okay, then, you know, you're basically setting yourself up for success. If you have weak foundations, then you're obviously setting yourself up for failure, right? Like when it comes to building a house or a skyscraper, right? It doesn't start at the top, 
it starts at the bottom. So one thing that we noticed when we kind of reviewed Safefield's documentation was that there was some improvements that could be made specifically on the kind of white paper and light paper front, right? Uh, we as, you know, DeFi native, you know, individuals, you know, when we've read countless white papers, we've read countless light papers and we've digested it and dissected it and internalized it. Yet when I first read the light paper, it wasn't easily understandable, right? Like there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of questions that needed to be asked. And if that comes from someone with experience, right? Reading it from reading from perspective of an individual with limited slash no experience is going to be even harder. So one of the things that I advised Felipe to actually focus on was to direct his funds towards, you know, making sure that the light paper and the key documentation is up to scratch. Secondly, um, after you know after that foundation was basically established on a documentation level, uh, we basically recommended look. At this, as it stands, your Twitter following is not that high. It's around about 100 followers, right? So you really kind of need to bump that up, and you want to do it in an organic way, right? Like it's very easy to just kind of buy these followers or to do giveaways for these followers, but that's not really the best way to go about it because number one, it hampers your engagement, right? Because Twitter doesn't you know like it when you know you buy likes and buy followers and stuff like that. And secondly, you know you're not really kind of building that kind of active audience, right? And thirdly, you're just kind of paying extra money that you don't need to for a service that is going to be relatively ineffective. So what we actually had in place was we had an individual that was basically managing the Twitter. And every single day, we would basically post 10 replies to 10 major accounts. And basically, when these large accounts, you know, when they see that, hey, look, this, you know, this protocol posted on my, you know, posted on my post, right? And they reply to it. Then immediately, Safeyours gets exposed to you know all of the followers of that particular individual, right? So it's a relatively easy and a relatively inexpensive way to actually get that initial exposure, right? And yeah, that's kind of how we kind of kick things off to begin with. Is this something that's replicable to to any project that at the beginning? Like, would you advise that? When it comes to smaller protocols, I'd say that's the most effective and efficient way and cost-effective way to grow your initial kind of audience and your engagement. But if you're substantially larger, right, then obviously your resources would be better directed elsewhere. Obviously. Um, how much did you uh, grow your, uh, your the Twitter account? So it started off around about 100 followers. I believe right now it's around about just over 1,500, between, between 1,500 to around about 2,000, right? I haven't checked in the last day. Um, but that's around about 15 to 20x, give or take. This is really cool. This is very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Now I want to ask you something. Building a brand takes time and standing out, um, it's already, it, it's in this already very crowded space, uh, in Web3, uh, with Web3 solutions is very complicated. Um, and I would not like to call it hard, but let's just call it complicated. Um, how do you do it? And, um, or what, 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 what was your plan when it comes to safe yields? Yeah, so branding and positioning and messaging is all very important when it comes to overall marketing strategy, right? Uh, one thing that we obviously noticed was, you know, at that at this particular moment in time, Arbitrum is a very is a very active ecosystem and it's constantly growing. And basically, any protocol that decides to launch on here, it, it, it is a form of marketing in itself, right? Saying that I'm going to launch an Arbitrum is marketing in itself because. Um, Arbitrum, as it stands right now, is kind of very well known for one of the chains where there's like a lot of developers and a lot of innovative protocols being built on here, 
right? You've got like GMX, Dow Jones, Dopex, right? Sparax, even Y2K. All of these protocols, you know, they don't really have a kind of a, you know, a counterparty, let's say, right? Or another protocol similar to these, you know, in other kind of uh, chains, right? Obviously, right now, you, know, you do have competitions in terms of option protocols like with Lyra and Optimism. Um, but, you know, as it stands, um, uh, you know, on the earlier days, that was, it was quite innovative, right? Um, and what we wanted to do is we wanted to position, um, safe fields number one onto option because initially they wanted to launch a Binance smart chain. And there is that kind of connotation with Binance smart chain where, you know, it's like a protocol where it's a, it's a chain where protocols that are a little bit more degen launch, right? And it's not something that is particularly well suited for a protocol like safe fields because obviously it's not, you know, it's relatively conservative, right? But comparison. So, uh, yeah, positioning onto Arbitrum was one of the main marketing factors, right? And number two, to kind of position it as something that is unique, that is not currently being offered right now. And that is basically to act as a hedge, right? Um, because as you know, right, we're obviously in the middle of a bear market. Prices are, you know, very, very low compared to their all time highs. And everyone wants to be in stables as it stands, right? But what if you could be in something that is similar to stables yet appreciates in value, right? Uh, I think personally that was something very unique that was offered through you know the tokenomics designed by Safefields. So yeah, that's how we kind of positioned it, right? Like a hedge as an edge in the markets, kind of playing on the fact that you know you, you know like everyone wants to have that kind of edge in the market, right? And hedge edge, right? It's a, it's a bit of a rhyme, right? It kind of rolls off the tongue relatively nicely. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Felipe, is there anything like you would like to add here? Like, what was your initial vision for this? Um, yeah, I think uh, Jirai just pretty much covered it. Uh, it, it, it is true that we kind of, I think we're more on the, the, the green side, you know, as in uh, we were very uh, young in the way we, we thought about the project. So the idea was there, but... Uh, Honestly, if it wasn't for for Taylor, I think Andrei especially, because uh, he he brought a lot of the partnerships that we we actually uh, closed um, in the in the past two weeks. I, I don't think we could have positioned ourselves as 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 good as as we are right now. And the good thing is, uh, within within this just uh, a couple of months, we actually grew as a protocol and. Uh, what we are offering right now is is so much bigger than what I have in what I had envisioned envisioned in the in the beginning. Uh, I'm just uh, very stoked about it. I know it was something I was I did not prepare initially, but I wanted to ask you now. Maybe you can like um, answer briefly. Like, who's your target audience, or like, what kind of people are you targeting? Yeah, so uh, we we are not, we are far from DGen uh, investors. So Safefields is not a, a place to go where you want to make a. A whole lot of money and uh, get rich overnight. Uh, we're just very conservative in what we do, and uh, we we target people who want to just like be on the safe side, and they can have their money in some somewhere that they can actually trust and sleep at night and know that in the next morning your money is still there and grew a little bit uh, from the night before, right? So that's the kind of very conservative investors that we are looking for. That just uh, Usually, this type of people usually wants to put a large amount of of money into the protocols where they can trust, and it just grows not exponentially but steadily and consistently over time. Okay, thank you. 
Um, what is a realistic timeline for brand building you'd recommend for any DeFi project? And I would like to address this question to Jiraiya. Um, I think brand building definitely takes, you know, it takes a significant amount of time, to be honest with you. Um, it really does kind of vary from protocol to protocol and obviously based on, you know, like the, like the human capital that you have available at your disposable, uh, the, sorry, at your disposal, right? So, uh, yeah, I've worked with some other protocols, right, where we built up the brand for relatively quickly in the space of, you know, one month, right? And it's now something that is, you know, being talked about basically everywhere, right? All over Twitter, all over Discords, etc. Um, but yeah, around about, you know, anywhere from around about one month to two to three months, right? It seems like something pretty reasonable. Um, at the end of the day, you know, some protocols just that, that like they have a good brand, right? But it's not the kind of brand that fits that particular ecosystem, right? So in the case of like Avalanche, for example, right? Just as an example, um, a lot of the general kind of colors when it comes to like messaging and branding is like very red and white. If you, you know, stick something that it's like you know, completely off, like green or yellow in there, right? It doesn't really kind of fit the overall, um, you know, branding of the, of the, of the chain itself, right? So it has to be that kind of alignment. So yeah, it, it takes time is all I can say, but, um, it definitely varies from a protocol to protocol. Do you think it matters the or do you think money or like how much you invest like um has an impact on like how fast you you can develop like oh, yeah. <laughs> my guess is that it has a huge impact but oh yeah definitely I mean if you have a lot of money to pour into it right then obviously you can contract you know several influencers you can run you know larger marketing campaigns um so yeah I mean yeah it, it does scale with how much kind of uh, resources that you have in terms of you know like financial capital uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's not just always about the money. It's a lot about the creativity and also to do with positioning as well, right? Like um, in the case, obviously, yeah. Like in the case of FTX, you know, when you know when it blew up and you know, there's a whole scandal all over Twitter, all over the news, all over you know, even like you know, Web two news, right? Like uh, Fox News or whatever it may be, right? Um, if you were like a depth per protocol, then, you know, that is an ideal moment to kind of position yourself in front of that because a lot of trading, right, was obviously facilitated through these centralized exchanges. The fact that, you know, this, this particular centralized exchange blew up, right, it shows a key kind of vulnerability in trading, you know, through these kind of parties. And if you are a Dex perp, right, then that is like the perfect time for you to obviously position yourself in front of it and be like, hey, look, you know, you don't, there are other options. You don't have to trade, you know, using these centralized exchanges. You can actually, you know, use these decentralized perpetual protocols and do the same trades, right? So like in, in cases like that, right, it's obviously kind of almost like free exposure. It's like free marketing. You don't have to spend, you know, enormous amounts of money to get that exposure. So like anything in business, you know, it's a lot to do with timing and positioning, right? Um, and it's not always just about the money, but, you know, obviously having a bigger budget does play a, uh, does play a role. I actually know two projects. One was launching an FT, uh, NFT collection and it was around the time FTX crashed and it was such a very difficult business decision for them to, to figure out if they want to continue with that or not, or they want to postpone that. And the second uh, case that I know is a company from the UK that benefited of some mistake that Crypto.com made, and they actually ended up with like 30,000 users overnight, which I think is very, very cool, um, but also hard to handle if you think of it, because they were I don't think they were prepared for that, or at least like that big amount of people um, at the same time wanting their services. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, totally agree. 
So on your website, you mentioned, um, and I want to quote here, a hedge with an edge, safe is a deflationary token mathematically designed to sustain positive price action. How was the tokenomics behind it built and what were the things you kept in mind while uh, drawing this plan? Um, yeah, so I, I guess this is a question for me. Um, so I, I, gave, I already gave a brief introduction on how the tokenomics work. Uh, but just to recap, uh, it's basically the same architecture as a stablecoin. It's minted when bought and uh, burned and sold with a slight tax that over collateralizes the pool. Uh, we also add uh, directly USDC into the vaults, and that makes the price appreciate over time. Um, so that's the basic cheese of it. And uh, the, the inspiration came from uh, all sorts of things. From last year, there was a mass in crypto with... Uh, Every uh, rebase protocol, node protocols, um, protocols that just had huge debt spirals that just completely drained out liquidity, hyperinflationary tokens. And uh, it, it was kind of like very frustrating to be in crypto last year. And that's uh, hence, that's why we started uh, understanding that hey, we should do something ourselves because we're just kind of tired of not knowing where our money is going and uh, how, who you can trust. Uh, that's why Fields came to being and it's tokenomics as well. Uh, we wanted to bring trust and something very transparent to people. Uh, we are actually docs team. Uh, so I think that helps as well. The, all the all the architecture behind Safe was thought uh, with those things in mind. Um, was this something that you wanted to include as part of brand building, or Felipe, you said that this is what you want, you, what your product, what you you want your product to be? Yeah. So uh, you mean um, so the brand was actually uh, so illustrations and stuff was actually something that we wanted uh, to actually uh, transport into what we are. Uh, but yeah, it, it was uh, well thought from the beginning. It's just Taylor just came in and just uh, uh, put it on steroids. Basically, it's it, it grew so much uh, after we just had our initial talks. Um, I want to ask you something else that's um, very important, I think, for me to know and for for our audience as well. What have you done so far in terms of community building? This is a question, right? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, in terms of community building, like there is kind of two communities, like the kind of way I see it, right, when it comes to marketing in Web3. So I refer to like the community on Twitter, something that's kind of like the external community and the internal community, you know, by contrast, would be like your Discord, basically. And that's kind of how the, 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 the marketing funnel is set up, right? Like Twitter is basically, you know, the kind of top level of it. And then, you know, lower down in the funnel, you've got the Discord, right? So the goal really is to, you know, get as many eyeballs on you, get as many followers on you as possible, right? Organic followers, organic eyeballs on you on Twitter, and then to have something to, you know, convert that into Discord followers, right? Oh, sorry, Discord members rather. And when it comes to, you know, sales, when it comes to, you know, like investments, people you know, like buying into you essentially, right? There's really kind of this concept that, I, that I'm not sure if I coined it or I learned it somewhere, right? So uh, yeah, I take no credit for it. Uh, but it's the idea of basically having different types of apples, right? So there are red apples. Red apples are these individuals, you know, that are basically ready to buy in immediately, right? They're like, okay, love the idea. I'm ready to chuck money at you, ready to invest into this, support this, whatever it may be, right? These aren't the people that you necessarily need to focus too much of your attention on. 
the people that you need to focus your attention on is basically the kind of brown apples, right? These are the people that are, you know, they've they, they read a bit about your project, they like it, but, you know, there is still that hesitation because, you know, maybe there's something they don't understand. Maybe there are some questions that just, you know, hasn't been covered within, you know, their research, within, you know, any kind of documentation. So, you know, because they have these questions, that acts as a barrier, right, to them becoming a an investor, right? These are hesitations, these are barriers, right? And that is really the, 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 you know, the people that you want to be focusing 90% of your attention on, right? 80 to 90% of your attention. Because these people are brown apples that could potentially be green apples, i.e. they could potentially be like 100% all in, ready to invest into your products, right? And the internal community, right? Your Discord is basically the environment that you need to build, right? And you need to create an environment that fosters, like, fosters people fosters the kind of uh, ease i guess right for people to come in and basically ask these questions right so they need to feel comfortable they can't if they ask a question and don't get a response that's not a good look right if they ask a question and you make them feel like an idiot again that's not a good look right so we didn't directly kind of help them in terms of like the internal kind of discord side of things right that was mainly kind of handled by um Felipe and uh, Kim, right, who are like kind of two core members of the team. Um, but, you know, we did give them some assistance. We did say, look, when this, you know, marketing campaign kicks off, right, like it's going to slowly ramp up and you're going to get an influx of new members coming into the Discord. And I need to, I need you to basically be there ready, right, to take any questions that come your way, right, because these are all basically the brown apples slash green apples, right, and they're going to have questions and, you know, you need to be able to reply promptly because, we operate in, in an environment, you know, where like there's just a lot of stimuli, a lot of you know, a lot of protocols launching, a lot of different bits of information out there, and people just don't have the attention to wait for like ten minutes or twenty minutes for your question to get answered, right? If they go into a Discord and they ask a question, you need to be there reply within you know a couple of minutes, right? Otherwise, they're just gonna be like, okay, this protocol is inactive, and there's no one here, this is a ghost town, I'm just gonna leave, find the next kind of gem, right? Everyone's there hunting for gems, you know. So, you know, the attention span is very, very low, meaning that the response time needs to be quick, right? So although we didn't directly kind of help them in terms of putting people within the Discord to kind of facilitate this kind of support, we did, you know, obviously inform them that, look, you know, you do need to be ready. You are going to get a lot lot more Discord members in, and I need you, you know, to answer these questions, um, et cetera, et cetera. Can I ask you um, something about like growth strategy and like if you can share something that you've done and you you, you found to be very efficient? Yeah, so I mean, are you referring to like Twitter growth, Discord growth, or just like general growth? <laughs> Anything specific? Um, like community building growth. <laughs> community building growth. So, like, yeah. So there's many ways to build a community, and to be honest with you, like I'm more on the kind of overall marketing strategy side. Like we do have community managers, like we have a division, you know, created specifically for this, where you know, where people that do this for a living, right? So um, I, I wouldn't be able to answer on the same caliber as they do because obviously that's their area of specialty, right? Uh, but what really kind of brings together a community, you know, is is a sense of belonging, right? It's just like you know, like when it, when it, when we talk about religion, right? It's like essentially it's you know one big community, right? It's a big of com- it's a big group of people, you know, with shared beliefs. And, you know, that's, you know, what, what it is, right? That's you know, all religions are, in a sense, are a form of community. And, you know, they enjoy going to these places for various reasons. But one of them is just that, you know, they feel like they belong there. 
right? So when you're building your kind of internal community, you, know, you need to have these kind of activities that creates bonds between different people, right? It's much easier to do in real life, right? Because when you're doing a like physical activity with someone, whether it's you know playing you know, badminton or playing some football, right? That's a very easy way to kind of build these bonds between people. Online is a little bit more difficult, right? So you do have to use you know, other kind of uh, methods, right? It could be something like you know organizing a poker tournament, for example, right? Organizing a weekly poker tournament, and you know just having a bunch of people come on every single week, right? Chatting together, you know, online and playing this game together, making fun of each other, right? So that that's you know that's kind of a one way, I guess, to build that kind of internal community. Hopefully, answers your question. <laughs> So something else I want to ask you, and I think it's also connected to growth, is about the fact that all Web3 and especially DeFi solutions uh, can grow through partnerships. And in this sense, I wanted to ask you, what kind of partners do you choose? And you can, like, any of you can answer this. Uh, okay, so I think it's going to be like a two-way question, one for Taylor and one for, for Safe Fields, maybe. I can, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can develop a bit on my side. So... Um, Partnerships uh, are, especially in the Arbitrum ecosystem, are very, very, very important components. And uh, our partnerships, which I can talk a bit uh, right now, came, actually all came from from Jiraiya. Uh, they also did a bit of business development for us, and I think it's uh, where I started seeing Safe as a very serious and very, uh, project with a lot of potential, uh, way more than I saw before. So I, I thought Safe was actually good products, but I, I never realized how good it was after uh, I had uh, some business development sessions with, with Trya. So uh, we actually closed three major partners, um, some not not 100%, but they are very, in a very good way. First one, we actually announcing very soon, um, which is called Sparrax. Uh, Jiraiya just talked a little bit about them um, uh, before in his podcast. And uh, Sparrox basically developed a stablecoin, which is called USDS. And it's, in a very simple way, auto-compounds, they, they actually uh, take the, tra- the vault and uh, invest in the stablecoin farming, and they auto-compound um, your your funds. So it's basically a, basically a stablecoin that auto-compounds throughout the year. It has like a, around 10% APR or something. And we actually got into talks with them, and we decided to make a secondary vault so we're launching a second token, which is called Safe Plus. And Safe Plus is collateralized with USDS instead of being collateralized with USDC. So investors will have both choices. If you choose Safe Plus, you basically just delete completely uh, dependence on volume trading out of the question, out of the equation, because you not only have injection directly from our vaults, from our investments into the vaults, but also uh, a stablecoin, USDS, that auto compounds. Uh, throughout the year, so Safe Plus is completely independent from from trading volume, or at least it just uh, becomes uh, uh, less of a factor into the the price growth of Safe. We are also trying to, or we actually closed uh, with the with the same team, Sparax, um, a way to, for people to actually earn extra yield on Safe Plus in their platform. So uh, they have a bribing system, which uh, which I, I won't get too much into because it can get quite complex. But basically, uh, people can deposit Safe Plus as a sim- single farm staking and actually earn, uh, lock it for a period of time and uh, actually earn SPY emissions, which is the governance token from Sparrax, on top of just having 
safe plus auto compounding. You know what I mean? So it just kind of uh, can grow exponentially the amount of rewards that you can get from from safe plus in this case, which is by itself it's collateralized by a, by a stablecoin and safe plus is uh, the architecture and the tokenomics make it so it doesn't really depreciate. It's just it's an up only uh, token. It just gets kind of insane, you know what I mean? So another partner that we have, we're in talks with is Tender Finance. Tender, uh, TenderFi is a borrow and lending protocol, and they have really interesting APRs for, for borrowing as well. So most of them are uh, uh, positive when you start borrowing and lending, So which means that the borrowing a, uh, percentage that you receive is higher than the, the lending uh, tax or the lending fee that, you, that they take from you. So we're trying to whitelist safe and safe plus here, and this just uh, expands the whole monopoly of opportunities that you have with uh, with the safe ecosystem because you can start doing looping strategies with them, and then you can go back into Sparex and deepen our liquidity into into safe plus, and it just grows in the whole ecosystem. You know what I mean? And again, like safe. Uh, grows up in price very slowly, and it basically when you when you lend uh, against it, uh, sorry, when you borrow against it, uh, because the APR from safe is usually uh, higher than the than the borrowing uh, tax, it just pays by itself, and the liquidation uh, risk just comes uh, just reduces a lot, and uh, instead of having uh, twenty to thirty percent APR on safe, let's say you can just basically double it uh, without having uh, exposure to market volatility, which is what SAFE is all about. And this kind of, <laughs> it goes uh, to to put that we, we've been developing a, it just, we've been developing a product that is a hedge, but it's basically just starting to show that it can be like a hedge on steroids. It's, it's just pretty amazing uh, the amount of utility that we can bring and the amount of rewards actually that uh, although it's a more on the conservative side of things it's it's a great it's a very strong it's becoming a very strong product in the market in my opinion uh, a third partner that we have also closed uh, is FactorDAO so FactorDAO is basically a hub for DeFi strategies where they have a fully customizable uh, platform where uh, people or products can come in and just uh, uh, do their strategies or just give the team on factor their strategies and they will actually implement it on chain within a secure and smart contract. So every if, if all of these strategies that I talked about sounds uh, confusing and somewhat com- complex, FactorDAO is a partner that can bring us a one-click solution for all investors to actually participate in all these strategies and benefit from all of them. Uh, so we're very happy with the kind of partnerships that we actually got into and Taylor is uh, the one who should be rewarded for that. So shout out to them. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I hope I'm not sounding too much, too excited, but it just makes a whole lot of sense. The kind of partnerships that we got, because they all fit very, very, very perfectly within the safe ecosystem that we are trying to build. I think you should be excited. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> um, what about you, Jiraiya? Like, is there anything you want to add here? Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of very briefly, like on more of a higher level, 
Um, I believe that all partnerships should be kind of collaborative. It should be synergistic. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to be somewhat of a, like kind of a parasitic relationship, right? Where, you know, one party is taking more from the other and the other party is kind of getting nothing in return, right? Um, I think one thing that I really like about, you know, safe fields is the fact that it's operating on Arbitrum and Arbitrum's culture is very, very collaborative by nature, right? Uh, all protocols kind of, you know, support one another in their own individual way. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of the thing, the, the kind of direction you should kind of head towards, right? When you're thinking about partnerships, there should be that kind of element of reciprocity, right? Where it's not, you know, like, what can I get out of them? It should be, you know, what can I, how can I serve them, right? And, you know, through me serving them, right? What can I potentially, you know, get in return, right? So it should be a case of, you know, one plus one equals you know, greater than two, basically, right, as a result of these uh, relationships. So, um, yeah, when I was doing some BD for um, Safefields, right, obviously connected them with, you know, various parties that you know, Felipe has already mentioned. Um, and obviously the whole point of this is, you know, to benefit both protocols, right? Like, you know, like Safefields and, you know, and Sparag, Safefields and Factadel, right? Like there is a win for both parties involved. I see you both very excited and I wanted to ask you because to me safe looks to be seems to be a very um a kind of product that is for people that understand um DeFi quite well and I wanted to ask you is there anything that you were thinking of doing or you will be thinking of doing or taking into consideration when it comes to attracting um other kinds of people um into or that could potentially invest into your product because i'm asking i'm asking this mostly because i was part of shifi which is one of the biggest women-led communities in web3 and through their educational program they talk about um all kinds of platforms and all kinds of stuff um web3 related arbitrum was one of them and i think for such a community um having a product like safe could be something very com complex, but at the same time, I think it could give a lot of security a lot to a lot of people that would like to, a lot of women that would like to invest there. So just like a, a thought that I had, and I, I really wanted to bring it up. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, so you want to go ahead, right? No, no, go ahead. All yours. Yeah, so yeah, it is, it's good that you mentioned it. It's actually uh, a very interesting point and it makes sense. So uh, in everything we do, I know it's it kind of sounds complex in the background, but the way we actually implement it, and uh, I think it, you can you can see it through our throughout the thesis that we we did from our D app. It's we actually uh, want or try to do a one click kind of investment thing uh, in everything we do. So another partnership that that we actually did a couple weeks ago was with KyberSwap. And uh, we actually developed a widget with them, which allows you with uh, one click just trade any 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 token for safe. And this is a one click thing. So everything that we do, we actually try to simplify it as much. Uh, although uh, we also usually uh, or are trying to develop the the, the the more deep and detailed content for more experienced investors. And this type of uh, documents actually try and also in, in more introductory way to explain for a five-year-old or a, a noob in a, in crypto uh, how how the the strategies that we are making actually uh, divide the risk in uh, in some ways so you can actually if you, even if you don't understand all the mechanics you can you will understand from our from the 
the, the way that we are explaining things, how much of a risk is it and if it's for you or not. And uh, again, we are trying to do everything with a simple click, with a click on investment. And I think that will help that sort of market that you're mentioning as well. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning of this episode that um, you're developing several products. And I wanted to ask you now towards the end, what is your goal for this year? Yeah, so ideally, uh, we have a very specific objective, which is to sell out all of our NFTs until the end of the year. That would be like our major goal. But we also have uh, different products that we want to to, to bring in. And uh, one of them is uh, having our trading bots available for people. So you wouldn't have to buy the actual NFT to participate in trading bots. So you can actually just deposit safe and uh, the bots will do the job for you. We'll just uh, take a small fee from that. And the fees also, like the rewards, all the rewards or the profits that we make out of it, 50% go to NFT holders and 5% is injected in the USDC vault further bringing value to save. Um, and we also have a, a sort of a yield aggregator uh, in mind, which we are now thinking about bringing Factor DAO into the play. So it, it would be perfect if you could just bring all the strategies and the synergy that we have with Factor DAO to our D app without losing the connection to them. So everyone would benefit from that. So that's that's another product that we are trying to to bring in by the end of the year. So these two and also having our NFTs uh, pretty much sold out. Is this something that would, uh, would I would guess this is something that it would help you like uh, push forward and um, continue with this, right? Yeah, so uh, because the NFTs actually bootstrap the treasury and uh, the management funds that we, we use to pay for operations, uh, that's like a major goal that we have. It's f- to have a, a healthy protocol, we should... Uh, we should sell some of the, the NFTs. I mean, it's if we if we sell out this pre-sale, we are pretty much set to a very healthy start. So we it's not mandatory that we'll sell all, all of the NFTs, uh, all of the supply, because the pre, the discounted sale that we are doing right now is uh, only ten percent of the supply. That's more than enough for us to have a healthy start. Um, but safe actually doesn't depend on how many NFTs we sell. It's ju- it just bootstraps and scales a lot faster if we actually sell a bit more. But the protocol doesn't really depend on anything because we can have only like 10 or 20 investors. And because we actually invest in treasury and we'll have rewards for people, SAFE will also will also exist. And because we're in, injecting some of the funds into the vault, SAFE will always grow in price. It's just a matter of how, how fast we actually scale the project. Are you planning to get any investment? What do you mean outside investment? Yeah. Uh, not not at the moment. I'm like, we've been approached for a couple of people uh, for that. And uh, while well, I started this project myself, it's the first one in my career that I'm actually only by myself. And I've been funding the project from the beginning. Uh, uh, it's been a, a challenge uh, seeing your money just getting, do- getting <laughs> drained out very fast because things are very expensive in Web3. But I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident on how we're doing things and uh, and I'm pretty confident that itself will will be a success uh, at least with the next four or, f- or five months I think we'll get uh, at least the money that I invested we'll get it back through our management wallet and we'll just have a a very a very successful uh, beginning with the project so I'm not very concerned about it. 
What would you recommend to anybody building in Web3 space from what you've learned so far? So would that be the question for me? For both of you, actually. All right. So uh, I think that if you want to build like a, a proper project, it's not... Uh, I, I think like in Portuguese, we have a saying, which is just take your horse out of, of the, out of the rain. Uh, meaning that you need, uh, you, you shouldn't be convinced that it's a, an easy task and that you'll get just uh, rich overnight. I mean, those things are just completely out of the question, I would say. So uh, you need to be conservative. It's a business and you should. Uh, it's something that really boggles my mind in, uh, in the spaces. Uh, people don't actually, or it's very rare for people to actually uh, think about DeFi projects as a business. And you should... Uh, think about your product as an actual business. So you need to make, you need to have your math straight. Uh, you need to understand uh, the logistics and uh, where you should be putting your money in. And if you don't do it, I mean, if and if you're not ready to just get some some money in, in the beginning as any other business and take the risk, I mean, it, it wouldn't be worth it, I think. What about you, Drea? So when it comes to building a Web3, you know, what I'd say is just, just go for it, you know. Um, we are all so early in the space right now. I mean, if you look at, you know, what is going to come in the next 10 years and you do a look back, you know, we are so incredibly early. It's just worth building something, anything, trying, failing, gaining experience, refi refining, you know, reiterating and just strive to get better every single time, right? Um, you're going to pick up so many skills in the process. You're going to learn so much in the process. You're going to connect with such amazing individuals in the process, right? And who knows, even if your first protocol doesn't succeed, even if your first venture doesn't succeed, right? Like in that experience, you know, you're going to, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to meet incredible individuals that, you know, you're probably going to build something else with in future. And that thing will probably, you know, it'll probably do better than the first one, right? Is you know, Building Web3 right now, you know, it's, it's the same as kind of any startup, right? Like there is good, it's inevitable that a lot will fail, you know? Um, you can't go in there thinking, yeah, there's a hundred percent strike rate because there just isn't, you know, it's a, it's a very naive way of thinking about it, right? Um, you know, but at the same time, failure shouldn't be something that deters people, right? Um, I think you should look at it a little bit more positively, right? And as I said, you can learn so much, you can grow so much. And, you know, it equips you for the future, right? It really equips you for the future when, you know, time comes, right? Where, you know, someone is looking for, I don't know, like looking to partner up with someone to build a project, right? They can automatically reach out to you, you know, because you've, you've built something in the past, right? Maybe it didn't go well. Maybe it went very well. Who knows, right? But the point is you've had that connection. You forged that relationship and, you know, in future you can obviously grow together. So, yeah, my advice... I mean, would just the space be... is quite young, though. Sorry? Yeah, exactly. The space is very young. The space is still young. Yeah, the space is very young. And that's exactly why, you know, you should just go out and try and build something, you know. Um, and through building these things, as I said, you, you learn, you're going to learn a lot, right? You're going to make mistakes, you're going to learn a lot. And through all these trials and tribulations, you'll come out the other side, um, a more experienced individual, more equipped to build something even better in the future. Um, can you guys give me an example of a tool you, you would recommend using? And if it's a Web3 tool, it's even better. This is one of my favorite questions to ask, to be honest, like <laughs> towards the end of the of this episode. Um, yeah, my recommendation would probably be to use something like DBank. I think uh, having an accurate um, tool to basically measure like the 
performance of your individual portfolio or the performance of like you know uh, various different treasuries right it's always going to um be very very useful right if, you know you know if a, pro- if a project's treasury for example is growing going down massively and they're you know losing 10 percent per month for example right then you know you can obviously jump ship very very quickly and be like okay you know their runway is like you know a few months they're probably not going to make it so you know you get it early uh as an individual it's always good to know you know where you're at how your how your investments is growing instead of having to track each individual investment on the chart right it's just much easier to look at it from an aggregated point of view so uh yeah dbank would probably be my uh, my choice what about you, Flip? Yeah, I was actually bringing up DBank as well, but uh, for Web3. But I- I'm going to sound very boring in the next one that I use, which is just plain spreadsheets, you know, that they actually just saved my life so many times and just saved me so many hours of work. Uh, I know it's boring, but it's something that I use every day. And it's I just do been learning to do way more complex spreadsheets than I did before. And I like to uh, to uh, automate most of my 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 work and it, it works just for my restaurants, just for my other type of businesses. And in, in this space as well, it, it, it works like a charm. So I'm, I'm going with the boring side of things and say spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine as well. If that works for you. Um, well guys, before we wrap this up, can you please tell our audience, where can they, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at, uh, at Jiraiya. Uh, real so it's j-i-r-a-i-y-a-r-e-a-l or you can just um you know search us up on google as an agency that'll be www.tailored.agency that is t-a-i-l-o-r-e-d dot a-g-e-n-c-y right dot agency I will I will add your uh, your credentials uh, in the description of this episode anyway, so people can find you easier. Fantastic, Great. appreciate so, it. So, so for us, it's safefields.io. You'll find um, our socials there, our docs, and our introduction video, which is I I must say I'm particularly uh, proud of. So just check us out. Tell us what you think. Perfect. Well, um, thank you so much for for doing this episode with me today. Um, It's been very insightful. I really loved um, having you both as my guests. And I'm looking forward to see where Self-Yield is developing. I look forward to hear more from you and um, hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Bye. All right, bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our Out of Ordinary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more content like this, then open up the podcast app and click on the follow or subscribe button. It takes less than five seconds and is the single best thing you can do to support the show and stay up to date to more marketing strategies that are being used in the Web3 space.